my name is deepak sharma and i'm a professional speaker public speaking and communication coach and we are bringing to you professional speakers from all over the world to help you realize your potential and understand from their journey how they have reached where they are today one welcome back to our next episode of your story your glory i'm so excited to have a very special guest with us the world champion of public speaking 2021 verity price yes way back in 2005 when verity started her journey as the first south african musician with the tenacious foresight to get online crowdfunding for an album she hadn't even recorded yet 15 years later brings us to the 2021 and where it is latest big first first speaker from africa to be ever be crowned the world champion of public speaking and the sixth woman in the history of toastmasters as the toastmasters 2021 world champion where it captured the judges and thousands of people's imagination with her winning speech a great great an inspiring invitation to improve our lives by writing a different story without any further delay let's hear from verity what's her story that brought this glory so welcome variety to our show your story your glory i'm so excited to have you here it's amazing to be with you deepak thank you before i start you know i have a surprise for you okay i have a co-host with me today and you can guess who could be our co-host on this show well i've only got two names in my mind at the moment it's either honey ah <laughs> uh, he's there yes hi verity oh, how are you hello i'm good and you honey i'm well thank you so much so glad to see you i'm so glad to see you i thought it must be honey the only other name was mark brown because we were just speaking about him i thought no it must be honey <laughs> Was it a surprise? It's a lovely surprise. I didn't see that happening at all. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm happy that you are happy about it. And honey, uh, the good luck for us is Verity got her trophies just now, and this is the first show where she is displaying her trophy. Wow! Yes, <laughs> and it's so pretty. So there they are. It's real. It happened. <laughs> yes. So how do you? feel right now i i feel like this is the first time it really lands when i opened the box and i and i found that and i thought oh wow i won the world championships of public speaking <laughs> i've had to wait a month but this feels it feels very real very exciting absolutely absolutely and we have seen your excitement on all the videos you have posted the way you were dancing like crazy Yeah, that's how we do it in Africa. 
you know i was feeling as if i was in india we would do the same thing in india too yeah definitely <laughs> exactly so verity before i start asking you some interesting questions you would like to know your story that brought you this beautiful glory gosh yes so it is a it's a, a long and a short story the the long version started in 2012 when i first entered the international speech contest and i think like many toastmasters um well certainly for me as a new member i didn't fully understand the extent of the organization i thought toastmasters was my little club that meant once a month that's what i thought toastmasters was so when i heard there was a club contest that's what i thought i entered and i didn't really prepare that hard i was a little bit arrogant i was like oh i really speak for a living i'll throw something together and my sister kay who was also a member i thought she was a bit of a nerd she was practicing she was walking around doing her speech and i watched going shame shame look at her she's taking it so seriously and then she beat me <laughs> and that was not what i expected my ego was horrified and then i watched her win the area contest then she won the division contest first member from our club in 20 years to ever win a division contest wow and then she became the third woman in history in southern africa to ever win the district level super and this was all with her sixth speech that she'd ever done in toastmasters so it was it was unbelievable and by the time she won district i'd gotten over my jealousy and i realized she was part of something extraordinary so i started helping her i became one of her mentors and i watched her journey to the world semifinals oh, where really? she came second yeah she came What's second hey price lindsay and ah. uh, she came second to ryan avery who went ah. on to win <laughs> back, huh? so we really understood suddenly what this contest was about It was 3 years before I entered again and I only came third I think in division in 2015 and then I didn't enter for 6 years and either I didn't have something to say or I was busy doing a leadership role and I didn't have time or my excuse was I don't have what it takes to win the world championships of public speaking and so that's been my story for a long time and then in November last year I delivered a speech at my club and after i'd given the speech and it was about my mom and how she used to pick up litter on the beach i thought that speech that could do well in a contest and moments after having that thought a voice said and you could win and you could take that to the world finals and i was like where did that voice come from and something in me said listen listen trust it show up And so when I entered our club contest in March I'd already been delivering that speech for 6 weeks at open house meetings I went in with a full winning mindset I don't know how else to call it because I've never worked so hard I became my sister I was the person pacing around practicing doing my speech wow. rehearsing recording it and I just kept showing up and at each level I would feel the nerves because I never knew I was going to win at the actual contest because the speakers were fantastic and then i would hear i was through and i'd go oh maybe that premonition was right maybe i can do this and so i just kept putting in the work putting in the hours and when i made it to the district finals that was the first time i reached out to a coach i reached out to lance miller who i already had a friendship with and he spent an hour with me working on my speech because i was like 
I need to give this everything. And thank goodness I did that hour with Lance because I think he helped me deliver a district speech that not only won, but that got through to the semifinals. And uh, from there, it was just all guns blazing. I gave it everything. And it, it has been a, a story that is definitely, it's resulted in incredible glory, but it's Absolutely. a story that's changed my life and Certainly. has shown me you need to listen to those parts of you that think you are capable of something and just see if you can prove it right. Yes. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your story. This is totally amazing. The winning mindset, getting into the speech and then deciding at the later stage, coach made a difference to your story. I wouldn't be here without a coach. Uh, I think between Lance and my sister, who's also an incredible coach and mentor, I had two people in my corner that were just making me stronger and fitter for each round. It was incredible. You started uh, in 2012, am I right? Yeah. It was because there was a competition in the house because your sister was participating or uh, you wanted to participate? I wanted to participate, but I did just think it was a little contest at my club. I didn't understand that there was an area and a division and a district. That I didn't understand. I was like many Toastmasters who go to a meeting, go home, and don't think about what you're part of. So that was when I first understood the extent of the organization. And I suddenly got excited about what was possible and, and the opportunities that it was opening up to people who wanted to use the competition to grow themselves and improve as a speaker. I want to know from this particular point, a uh, lot of Toastmasters, when they go to club and they always hesitate to participate in the contest for many years because mm -hmm. they think, that they are uh, here to improve their public speaking or they are here to just to learn how to speak. What is your message for those Toastmasters who keeps on hiding behind those doors and keep on thinking, no, this contest is not for me? Mm. So I think my message, my message is this. Most people's journey with the international contest starts and finishes at club level. So there's going to be a handful or a couple of hundred people that enter going, I want to win this year. But for a lot of people, it's like, I just want to see if I can enter at my club. I want to stretch myself. I want to have an opportunity to grow. So I think it's, it's very important to know that there are different reasons for entering this contest. But why you should enter the contest is, in theory, you should work a lot harder on a speech that you're going to enter in a contest than you would for a club meeting. And so this creates a growth opportunity to go, okay, I'm going to enter. You know what? I'm maybe going to watch the last 10 years of world champions. I'm going to see if I've got a story that excites me that I can share in my authentic way just to stretch myself as a speaker, regardless of where I place. And I think if you can come at it with that mindset, then it's an adventure and then it's a growing point. If you go in going, I'm not going to enter unless I win. And I know because I've had that mindset before and it didn't work out well for me is you don't get the growth that comes with it. So enter yeah. because it makes your club robust. It makes for a fantastic competition. And especially if there's a member who is entering, hoping that they're going to, you know, get all the way here, you give them a run for their money. And that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that attitude. Uh, where is he, when you started your journey for International Speech Contest in 2012, and now the World Championship of 2021, in between, you became the district champion, the evaluation champion in 2015 for District 74, right? 
uh, i'm personally and deepak know it very well that i'm personally uh, a true believer of evaluation as the core foundation of toastmasters international curriculum education curriculum because that is something that help us really grow and work on our skills so when i used to participate in the speech contest i always used to uh, wonder that it's not about the judging it's about the evaluation like how am i impacting the audience more uh, if somebody is listening to me how would that uh, speech matter so that's all evaluation concept my question here is that do you think that somehow your evaluation championship or your skills that you sharpen at evaluation contest help you become a better speaker 100% and i think you'll often see many of the world championship uh, champions or finalists are district champions of evaluations i think it comes first in order to become a great speaker you need to be able to help other people become great speakers and we learn by seeing what someone is doing in a speech and giving them feedback not only on what's working but actually being able to give suggestions on how they move forward and if you can help someone else move forward in their speaking it means you're going to be able to critically look at your own speech and evaluate it technically it's a very technical skill which the judging form is an evaluation form they're evaluating your speech so if you can learn to give evaluations that elevate other people's speaking abilities you're going to naturally elevate your own yeah i love your module with wherein you have given this evaluate to elevate Uh, or you might eliminate people or uh, that's how you do it like i love the evaluation module that you have conducted and i uh, wanted to ask this question because i somehow also feel the same that evaluation is a big element that helps you become a better speech writer also so i think that thank you so much i mean that would really help people to see evaluation in a different way that that yes we need to do evaluation to become better speakers right deepak yeah what he is uh, saying this because uh, both honey and me are very much passionate about evaluating people you know <laughs> and that is why we on the same day you finished your speech and other you have not even won and we have started evaluating your speech because we know that is going to come to us wow that's amazing and i loved your evaluation i feel that the way you dissect and talk about a speech is such an incredible learning opportunity for people you know to watch that and then they are learning how to apply that to their own speeches it is outstanding what you both do thank you so thank much thank you so thank much thank you so much it's a pleasure in the process what this honey said when you are evaluating a speaker who has won the world championship first of all you know that there is a lot has gone behind her or his preparation secondly then you deep dive into it then you don't have two to three minutes to evaluate you have enough time in hand and then uh, you pick up everything that you have learned in your journey of speech writing of evaluating and on this youtube video you are able to give to audience everything that is inside you and that is coming from the speaker so that is the reason we took that initiative and uh, we loved it we loved it Sure. for yeah. a minute if i keep toastmasters contest on the side the common thread in all the three of us sitting here is we all three of us are trainer and facilitators uh, both hani and me used to work in the same organization in india uh, mm -hmm. now i am in us she is in india we have been facilitating uh, top teams and i saw in your bio that you also being facilitating teams uh, programs for teams uh, in various organization 
I know about Honey and Me, how Toastmasters has impacted us in our journey of training and facilitation. But a lot of people in Toastmasters always wanted to become, uh, take the journey from free to fee. You know, we always say free to fee, and uh, not only becoming a speaker, but maybe a trainer or coach or, you know, whatever something. How did Toastmasters help you? Share with us, uh, did Toastmasters really impacted your that part of professional life? so that our audience can understand they can also do it. Okay, so I was maybe one of your more unusual members in that when I joined Toastmasters, I was already a professional speaker. I was already okay. a professional facilitator. But the, the way Toastmasters impacted me was the leadership development, actually. So being part of a committee, I'm working with teams, helping develop high performance teams, helping improve team alignment, but I run my business by myself. So I never have to work with my own team. So being on a committee in Toastmasters was like, right, let me practice everything I'm preaching to everyone that seems to be working, but I'm not getting to experience this, these leadership lessons. So I've used Toastmasters to develop my leadership style, to work on how to create a vision, how to implement that vision and make it a reality with a team to rescue a failing club, turn it into a success. And those skills I've been able to then take back to the businesses I work with. And I can almost use Toastmasters as a case study, whether it's for communication skills or leadership skills, I'm able to share my personal experience through being part of this organization. And my clients can resonate with that. I'm not just someone coming in going, look, I read this in a book and this is what you should do in your organization. Yeah. It's like, I've been practicing this, you know, as a division director or as a club president. And these are the results we've seen. Let's try it with your team. So that's been, it's been my, my learning ground for leadership. Superb. And I think uh, what, when you practice and experience something and then you go and train people, uh, I remember people telling us that, you know, you guys uh, speak from your eyes. You don't speak from, you know, uh, mouth because people can see it that yes, you are practicing it already so verify when uh, when i first googled your name and i'm being very honest the very first thing that flashes on the internet is south african actor right so you have been an actor singer music composer facilitator mc speakers mothers now a world champion uh, of public speaking if i ask you that and i have included mother in this which is a different role than uh, the one where we are getting paid or when we are getting a, like what we are earning as a, from it from our skill set. If you have to pick up one role where you had the best of your learning and if you have to uh, crystallize your learning in one to two lines, what would that be? Oh, um, I think the... Look, the mother one, that's a whole story on its own. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park that one because there's so much learning still happening. But the, I think the thing that taught me the most was my career as a musician and a singer. I had big dreams, big aspirations of what was going to happen for me. And then I hit all the obstacles and I became a victim of my circumstances, which I think a lot of people do when life's not working out. And that's where I learned that I had to, I had to step up and do the work it was up to me to change circumstances if I didn't like them. And as a result, I became a crowdfunder, one of the world's first online crowdfunders, because I, very similar to my final speech, I was like, write a different story, stop complaining, change the way the industry works to make it work to your advantage. And that gave birth to my speaking, it gave birth to my facilitation. So 
my experience as a singer songwriter and learning that I had to be the change that I wanted to see in my life that changed everything that's a beautiful sharing definitely verity my next question was related to this only when you said yourself as a victim i as an audience member when i read so many articles about your uh, one of the world's first online crowd funders you are right you pre-sold 2000 copies of your debut album something which was not even recorded yet and that itself is the most creative idea in the music industry somebody has ever thought of i really don't know and i'm really curious to know when you uh, i don't agree to it when you say you are a victim definitely you have been a leader you created something in the world but what happened behind it like i i'm curious to know how did this idea happen how did this uh, lucky packet project happen and <laughs> this lucky pro- i think this lucky packet project is the reason you chose this role right and somehow i got the thread to my next question like what went behind this project how did it happen and what was the best part of it ah oh, beautiful so the reason this project happened the reason i sold an album that didn't exist was because i was a victim for 2 years i complained i told everyone how hard the music industry was how unfair it was that south african music doesn't sell that kind of white english girls from cape town where i live we we don't do well in our in our local industry or we didn't then 17 years ago and so i told that story of how hard my industry was for 2 years eventually people were avoiding me because they could see i was coming with my my sob story of how hard my life was and i realized that i couldn't keep complaining i either needed to give up or i needed to get creative and this was where my sister played a role if the more you learn about me the more you realize my sister and brother are very key in my life but my sister and i went for a, a coffee and i was complaining about the music industry and then i just said to her, i can't i can't keep complaining i need to get creative and she said good because i don't want to keep listening to you complaining <laughs> i said right let's let's do this and we actually we did a brainstorming session using edward de bono's six thinking hats which is an incredible framework for yeah. strategic and lateral thinking and we unpacked my problem using his six hats k had read the book and she explained the idea to me and all we did was we asked a new question which was how do i record an album in south africa without going into debt and now we had a, a challenging and provoking question we looked at the facts we looked how i felt about it we looked at what was working in my career what wasn't working and when we got to what he calls the green hat which is the creative thinking yeah. i suddenly went why don't i ask people to buy my album before i record it why don't i sell something doesn't exist why don't i use my website why can't people buy a copy and you know i'll donate 10% of the money to charity and they'll create it with me they'll replace a record label and it was crazy it was a crazy idea but we put it out there and the more i told people i was selling an album that didn't exist the more people bought it and as you said 2000 people in 25 countries bought something that wasn't there and we raised the money i needed to record we gave 10% of it to charity and that thinking and then acting on the idea because it's not enough to be creative you actually have to risk failure take action it's like entering a speech contest you might fail but you have to put your name in the hat you have to enter 
that changed my life. And that's what led to my work as a professional speaker, because people wanted me to teach them how to teach their businesses and their staff to think differently about the problems in their lives. Looks like you have become an expert in writing different story every time. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's how Deepak, a victim became a winner. And yeah. that winner is now teaching people so beautiful and powerful lessons, I must absolutely, say. So absolutely. Thank you, Verity, for sharing this experience. I know you have been applauded and you have been appreciated for your this innovative idea across the globe. And uh, I mean, I was really inspired to ask this question, but what went behind it? Like, how did it happen? A simple coffee with your sister changed the entire picture. Wow. So, honey, what we always say, and uh, we always, uh, whenever some challenge happens, we also believe very strongly that communication, talking to people, brainstorming on ideas really makes, uh, push you towards a solution. And I think uh, that's a strong message for all our audience that if you are going through any kind of victim, victimization, I would say, come out of it, talk about it to your friends, to your siblings, to your friends, and you will see a solution coming in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe... Maybe to build on that and, and, and bring it back into a contest uh, context, I only won the world championships because I spoke on five continents at more than 40 clubs and I collaborated. I asked people for feedback. They brainstormed. You could try this. You could do that. What about that? I had to go away and work with it, but my audience created my speech with me. And, and you can't solve your problems by yourself, you know, and you can't make something better by yourself. So do reach out, have a coffee, ask for feedback, and then implement it. Superb. My mentor, uh, Mark Brown, always says, speeches are not written, they are rewritten. Yeah. So how many times you wrote your speech again and again? Until when you're changing it? Yes. So I wrote it 32 times that I have recorded, 32 versions um, on my computer. There were changes in between, but I didn't always type up the changes. What was interesting was that after I had, you know, written the last version, I was still practicing it. And then when you compare the video with the transcript, I'd actually changed a few things, which I hadn't... Uh, I hadn't written them down. So I was still changing little things in my driving in the car, practicing, thinking of this. So things like the scary tale was not in my written version. Kissing frogs was not in my written version. They came a little bit later. Okay. So that's <laughs> interesting. So it's very important to keep improvising on your speech. Hmm. And how many times you practice it? Ooh. So my final speech, I wrote the first version 100 days before the finals. Okay. And I, I know that because I decided to start doing an online happiness challenge, the 100 happy days challenge. And I thought I'm going to do this challenge because regardless of whether I win my semifinal and get to the finals, I want to get to the 28th of August and be happy anyway. So I was doing the happiness challenge and I was working on the speech. 32 versions written, as I said, practiced at over 40 clubs on five continents, and then with my mentors recording it. I would say in the last six weeks, I was working an average to three to four hours a day on my speeches. Oh, my God. And you logged yourself into a room doing that? <laughs> yeah, but I also, I wasn't sleeping. I would wake up at two in the morning. A change would come. I'd have to go and type it up. So it was grueling. It was definitely the most intense thing I ever did. But as I said, I had this 
this knowing that I didn't want to fully trust, but I had this something that said, I think you're going to win. And so I just put the hours in to see if it was right. Yeah, great things takes great efforts. No doubt about it. Amazing, amazing. I already have this question deeper on my list. 100 <laughs> happy days challenge. And Verity has done it once before as well. And then she did it uh, before her uh, final speech. She used to get up at 3 a.m. and practice her speeches. And just like she said, an idea will strike her at 2 a.m. and she'll start writing. Uh, I want Verity uh, to go away a bit from the just the speech, the World Championship speech. But what is the context? Or if you would like to share the context behind how did this 100 Happy Days Challenge happen to you? And uh, when you, like I know for the online uh, audience, people used to post a picture of some happy elements. What makes them happy? Um, a surprise, I started this challenge on 2nd of October. That's like two days back. Even Deepak doesn't know about it. And I'm not posting pictures about it. I'm not posting pictures there because there's a different context. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm curious to know what was the context for you when you picked up this challenge for the first time. And I know you picked it up for the second time. So you would have been inspired by the impact that would have happened on the first time. So would you like to share both these things? Yes, absolutely. So the first time I picked up this challenge, and so it is still tied to my speech, is that the original version of A Great Read was actually around how I did the 100 Happy Days Challenge to turn my life around. And it was, so again, I'll give you some backstories. You must never ruin a good uh, story with the facts. I think all of us know that. So my story, yes, I say it was at 40, but actually it was at about 38 that I was in the spare room. But 38 doesn't sound as impactful as I was 40 and my life was going nowhere. So sometimes, you know, so just for to be honest, I was 38. I'd left a relationship. I'd lost a house that I had just renovated. It was a really tough time. And I found the letter from my dad. I was humiliated because of the way my relationship had ended. And there was just so much going on. And so in my speech, I say I went to Facebook and no one else was living in spare rooms. In the original version of the speech, I saw that there was a 100 happy day challenge. And I thought, well, I'm not doing anything for the next 100 days. Why not try this? And so I did that and I shared it online, just a picture every day. And I would say it probably took about 30 days before I started noticing that I was feeling different. I wasn't as angry anymore. I wasn't as humiliated. And I started waking up looking forward to... What am I going to be happy about today? And it totally changed my life. By the end of those three months, I was happy that I was single. I was happy that my life didn't look the way that it, it, it was how I wrote my different story. That It was that choice, a picture every day for 100 days. I've done it actually four more times since then. And oh. uh, it has, every time wow. I do it, it changes my life. And it's, it's a beautiful, I've done it with lots of people. I incorporate some of the concepts into the work I do around activating optimism in people's lives. But that first time, again, similar to my album, it took me from being a victim to being a victor, if you want to say. I just was like, I'm not going to be at the mercy of, oh, I'm single. I'm never going to meet anyone. It was like, that was how I wrote my different story. And it got me interested in positive psychology, which is now part of what I teach. 
And it was a, it was life changing. And quite a few people did it with me these last hundred days. And they've all been messaging saying, I had no idea that just finding one thing every day I was happy for could change my life. So that was my first time. And there's been many times, I think I've done 400 happy days. I've done a hundred grateful days. I've done a hundred days of wonder and I've done a hundred days of exercise, which I only got to about 65 and then I gave up. <laughs> okay. I need to start that one again. <laughs> but that's so 100 cool. has been your favorite number, Variti. And I'm glad, I'm like, I really wanted to know and I'm glad I asked this question because uh, the context behind it was more powerful. Something when you're scrolling on the Facebook hit you so hard, that can be a life-changing element for you. Doing it four times definitely means that you had your uh, inner voice telling you that, yes, Verity, this was good. And you repeated, right? And you repeated it again. Uh, and you reached the 100 day on the World Championship, right? Yeah. Amazing. That's really I nice when I saw the numbers, I wrote the speech and then I looked at the calendar and I looked to the 28th of August and I said, that's exactly 100 days from now. This is the speech, you know, and this, but what was beautiful was that that's not the speech I gave because the feedback I got from the first two times I did it, the men in the audience were like, happy this, happy that, you've lost me. And that was hard. I was like, it's such a great speech. They're like, I don't want to hear about a hundred happy days. So then I had to change. I had to change the message and eventually find a, a way of getting the same message across in a way that would speak to men and women, young and old. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I know Honey is very inspired with 100 days. I can see that. Yeah, I've already yeah. picked it up and I got to know about it later. So I was more uh, excited to uh, keep on doing it. I mean, I started it two days back only and I read about it yesterday that Verity has been doing it. And I was like, wow. So, so it, it added to my excitement that, yes, honey, you can do it. Yes, and do, because the statistics are quite sad with it. If you go to 100happydays.com, I think it's only 71% 71, 71 of people who start it say they don't finish it because they don't have time. Yeah. Now, yeah. How can we say we don't have time to, to find one happy moment a day and, and note it down? So, so beat the odds, honey, and, and be one of the 29% to finish. Yes, guys, if you are listening to Verity and Honey, pick up this challenge. And I'm going to be also picking up this challenge too. Yeah. Verity, uh, you know what? Uh, one point in your speech gave me goosebumps. And that point was when you said, pick up your pen and write a different story. And I have heard from a lot of people, you have in that particular statement have really impacted so many people. I'm sure it has impacted Honey too. It has impacted me. It has impacted a lot of people in this world. You may not know from people that how many lives you have impacted. I want to hear from you what message you want to give to people who also have a story, but they don't share the story with the outside world. Wow, gosh. I want to show you something. Ado, you've, you've inspired me to show you something. So this is a, a friend of mine who is an artist, who uh, her and another artist, a sculptor, they were visiting Robben Island in Cape Town, which is where Nelson Mandela was incarcerated for nearly 27 years. And while they were visiting it, it's now a museum, they saw all this rusted fencing getting rolled up to get thrown away. The fence had now rusted. Okay. 
And the sculptor, Chris Swift, looked at that and he said, but that's the fence that was holding Nelson Mandela captive and they're throwing it away, but that's history. And so he got them to agree to give it to him. Almost like a piece of the Berlin Wall, you could have a piece of the fence that kept Nelson Mandela captive. And then Charmaine, my friend, who's the, a, a jeweler and an artist said, what if I take that fence and what if I dip it in gold? Oh, wow. And what if I turn it into jewelry and there's a piece of the rusted fence? My God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm getting goosebumps again. Yeah. And what if I make this a symbol of the things that hold us back are often the things that can set us free? So for me, this is what a story is. Often the stories that make the difference and, you know, my, my talking about depression, that was the fence in my life. It was rusted. It was not pretty. It was, it was what held me back. But when you look at that from a different perspective, you can take that same time, that difficult, dark moment in your life, and you can dip it in gold and you can give it back to other people to inspire them to do the same in their own life. So I think we often minimize or forget that things that have happened to us that might not feel like it's a life-changing story, that little moment could have gold for someone else. Absolutely. And I think that's what I want to inspire people to do is look at your life and go, where are the things that maybe I don't think are important anymore that actually are the things that have set me free? And can I share this with other people and make it valuable for them? So I'm going to put this on. That's awesome. what I'm <laughs> wow, that's really a beautiful sharing, Verity. Amazing way of telling people that how can their stories be so impactful? And just like our mentor used to say, there's always someone out there waiting to listen to your story. Yes, Mark Brown, always you to tell us. And, and that gives us the confidence to share. And today you're this prop and this example and this sharing is definitely going to inspire And me. he always yeah. said that, wow, legacy this is a collection. Legacy, legacy collection. Listen, I didn't mean to have a prop on my table, but they dressed me for an event. So that's why I've got them. I've still got to return these beautiful gold pieces. <laughs> No, wow. yeah, absolutely. Your story, as Mark said, doesn't have to be sensational. It has to be sincere. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, uh, and a lot of people look for sensational stories, but we all have those sincere stories that has happened in our life. And if we can make it, if we can share with people, you don't know, as you rightly said, Verity, somebody is looking for it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know Honey has done a lot of research on Verity. <laughs> research as in I have been really inspired. So, and yes, I have been watching her uh, interviews, her videos and her posts. And uh, definitely Verity, I picked up my pen that very day when you gave the speech. And since then the journey is on. Uh, I read one line and I think uh, that, would, that was uh, an amazing uh, conclusion for me to know when I read this article about you. Everything you touch is left a little better than before. And that's quoted for you. So uh, one of the article in a, in a magazine said this. So what is that one message that you would like to share? Um, I know you have already given so many messages, but something which is not related to Toastmasters, something which is not related to our profession, but something which is related to in life in general, that what people can pick up, which can actually help them be better at whatever they want to do in life. What would that be? 
Sure. I think the the one that's always there for me when I when I just think about life is that we do have, you know, while there's a lot we don't have a choice about because life is happening all the time, I do think you need to decide if life is something that happens to you or because of you. And even if circumstances are out of our control, I still think every single one of us has the ability to make our lives happen because of us. How we reach out, how we connect with other people, the impact we have on the world around us, we get to choose that. We get to choose how we leave situations that once we leave, are they better for us having been there or have nothing changed? And I think all of us would want to know that things are better as a result of us being here. So just every day, ask yourself, is life happening to me or is it happening because of me and because of the choices I make and because of how I'm showing up and because of the effort I put in? And when it happens because of you, that becomes an incredible life experience. Awesome. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank awesome. you. No worries. And this, was, this was something Deepak, I picked up from uh, an article on uh, Verity from Good Times. And they had a very powerful title, which actually inspired me to read it. Verity, the two-in-one truth. Wow. And that's when, I, that's when I got to know the main meaning of Verity's name, that's truth. And an amazing other uh, flyer or a poster wherein uh, it was a Verity's words where she said that it was long when I got to realize my own truth. Right, Verity? I think you said something like that. Yeah. So thank you for sharing this beautiful truth, which I think everyone can uh, check and explore in their life on a daily basis. So, thank See, you. Verity, how you have inspired people. You're sitting in one corner and somebody sitting in India and you are getting so madly inspired because of you. Now, thank you for sharing your story with our audience. This winning is separate. But with the winning speech, what you have done, sometimes we also don't have idea. You also don't have idea. Somebody in some corner in the world must be into that victimhood has come out of that fence, that cage, and now flying, like Honey said, she is doing 100 happiness days. Somebody must be doing, writing different stories. You are, in, are an inspiration, no doubt about it. So, uh, Verity, what was your son's reaction when he got to know that you have won the world championship? I, I know you put the mother role aside. Huh? You very smartly didn't answer it uh, mm -hmm. because the mother's role is something that like I had really admired my mother uh, because mothers are the unsaid, untold heroes and the CEOs of our lives. Nobody talk about them. We, ought, we talk about great leaders and entrepreneurs, but mothers as a role player and the lesson that we get to uh, learn from our kids, I know it would have been phenomenal for you as well. But uh, if you have to share with us, what was the reaction of your son? Like, how would you share that? And like, I've been really curious to know. So the, the honest truth is it's only two. So I don't think he even knows. He probably was like, mommy, change nappy now. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, I wasn't with him when I saw the announcement that I'd won. He was here at home with his grandparents. And he was apparently looking at the TV going, mommy, there, mommy, there, mommy, there. So <laughs> he just knows, you know, I'm his mom. And it's it's actually quite lovely having someone who just loves me for me. He doesn't, this this doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah. Yet. And so he just sees me. 
my husband was thrilled. He was so glad it was over because he'd had to do all the, the hard work at home while I, I was know. practicing. But I think, I think for my son, what I hope is that when he does understand this journey and this story, what he will take from it is what happens when you believe in yourself and what happens when you say yes to a dream and what happens when you say no to doubt and insecurity and you decide to go in a different direction and back yourself. That's what I hope he will take away from it for his dreams and his life. Wow. Deepak, concluding know, it yeah, now made, a beautiful message, believe yes, in yourself. Absolutely. And we made practice uh, where it is so many uh, impromptu speaking questions today. <laughs> I hope Verity enjoyed these questions and uh, because that, that's really important because uh, when you are looking back at your life and uh, trying to share it with the world when it goes live tomorrow on YouTube, when we look back, we certainly uh, have those things like, oh my God, this was my life. So uh, I'm very sure, I'm hopeful that you enjoyed the question and you enjoyed being here with us. Thank you so much. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, just like Deepak said, my yes, inspiration. I literally... Early morning, six o'clock for me, but I it's like one of the best mornings that I have today. Thank you so much, Verity, for taking out time. I know you have been like crazily busy with so many interviews and all those things. In spite of that, you have taken out time for us. I'm really happy and all the best for your future endeavors. I know that uh, you're going to change many lives in coming times. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for having Thank me. You. I've loved being here. Thank you friends for listening to our third episode of Your Story, Your Glory. Keep coming back. Subscribe to this podcast so that you keep on getting information for every new episode. See you soon in our next episode of Your Story, Your Glory. Till then, stay safe, have fun and keep writing your different story.